Live from Harding Towers. <laughs> Hey there, and welcome to LocoCast, Episode 3, E-Read This. I'm your uh, host, Rick Harding, here with uh, Craig Maloney. How you doing, Craig? Good, how you doing? I'm exhausted. I've been chopping trees in the yard all day. Actually, not chopping. Well, I guess I've been chopping them, but lovely Mother Nature and her storms decided to grant me gifts of fallen trees in my yard that had to be disposed of. Oh, fun. Well, at least you didn't have to spend five hours looking for an air conditioner. Like no. We have. I didn't. So, do you have an air conditioner? Is it cooler now? We, than we have like? air conditioning in our in our house. It was for Jody's dad. So. Oh. Well, hopefully he's cooler off than he started out the day. Then. Yeah, it's it's a fun story. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about some e-reader joy? Let's do it. All right. First of all, everyone who's a freedom lover, uh, look away now. Uh, turn off, turn on the volume, whatever you want. Because well, hey, now there there are some freedom loving uh, ebook readers out there. There are options for those of you who don't like to dip into the realm of DRM. <clears throat> some people, <laughs> all right, do however like the DRM and love to bathe in it in all of its glory. All right. Well, then I guess we'll go ahead and let everyone else listen in. Then all right, <laughs> everyone can everyone can keep listening. My bad. Um, first, uh, just thanks on the feedback. We got some feedback on the last episode. Uh, we've gotten some in, in IRC and some in the comments and want to say we appreciate it. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up kind of for vote, whatever, is that, uh, it was brought up that the book segment wasn't really doing it for a couple people, but I know that if the book segment is your cup of tea that you probably wouldn't complain about it. So we want to kind of get a feeler out. Um, you know, I'm and even I'm better. A- we decided to do an entire episode on books. <laughs> well, you know, I am a book whore. Uh, Amazon pretty much owns me, and we are talking about ebook readers, which tends to, uh, yeah, yeah. Here we go, lots of books. <laughs> so, um, but, but let us know if you, yay or nay. Uh, we'll kind of take a vote because obviously, if everyone just wants to skip that part anyways, we might as well just move that on to our own conversations and skip it for the podcast. Um, but feedback, good, yay, thank you. And uh, we look forward to hearing some more back from you guys. Remember, you can email us at feedback at localcast.net, or obviously it's a blog and it has comments. And we like to read those comments. <laughs> Speaking of comments. More the merrier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I posted up the uh, first of Rick's rants, which was very, very mild in the ranty nature, I know. Uh, the comments so far on that have been, um, this is a rant. Uh, people know me to have much better material in my arsenal, but I started off very small for a test episode. So uh, go check it out. Let me know what you think. And the one thing I'm thinking is it's kind of weird doing, uh, even though it was just a short, you know, like kind of shot of Jack inspired shot cast, less than 10 minutes, a little over eight minutes. Um, it, it was kind of weird. And I'm not sure if it works or not, or if I should try to get other people involved. And being a rant, it brings up whether or not the other people should be the opposite side of the rant or co-ranters or what. 
And so I want to think about doing some test episodes where I just kind of get together and try to do some tests with some people on some topics. So if you're interested at all in being a to testing and guinea pigging the co-ranting setup, uh, shoot me an email. Um, you can send it to the feedback address um, and let me know, and maybe we'll we'll try out some different stuff. So it's still very much in experimentation mode, but Rick's rants is alive. Beware. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Definitely, definitely some some food for thought for those of you who uh, have had to do any kind of help for other folk. Yes, it's very much a, a, a cry for for help from you guys that handle the help from uh, new users and stuff. Um, events, Pi Ohio is coming up. It's just a couple weeks away, uh, July thirty first, August first. We've mentioned a couple times, but we'll keep banging it in your heads. I finally got a room. I kind of forgot that I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> oh, go get a room. Yeah. Over at the, the lovely Blackwell, which is a very nice student-run housing uh, hotel area. It's a nice place. We were, we were there last year, yeah. It's it was very a cool. nice hotel. And they've added to the uh, to-do list. They're going to have uh, Android um, scripting environment, um, the hackathon kind of thing, uh, after some of the nights. So, uh, which I'm really interested in that because it's – I, as, as much as I like the Android, the thought of having to dip my toes into Java, not so much. Yeah, but I'm also it's a scripting environment. I'm not I'm not quite sure like what all I would script. I, I'm very I'm going to attend. I'm very curious to see what kind of things people do, and I'm hoping it'll spark some ideas because um, I, I do love my Android phone. I don't know if I'll have to mention that at some point in time. You know, love my incredible. Um, other events, Ohio Linux Fest again, uh, coming up September 10th through 12th. We'll keep reminding you guys, make sure you sign up to head down to that. That's a good one down in Columbus, um, which is out our way. And, uh, you know, I've been thinking, I, I think we should try to do like an interview episode with like one of the guys from the, uh, Ohio, uh, loco and, uh, kind of plug some Ohio Linux Fest stuff. So, um, I'll have to see if I can, you know, dig up who, I think it's Paul. Paul, uh, I can't remember his last name offhand, and I'm going to murder if I try it. So, all right. Well, on the off, on the off chance that you know, Paul, you listen, then uh, you know, let's get together and try to set something up. I think it'd be uh, cool to do. Uh, and if not, I'll try to remember to look you up. Ebooks are obviously electronic books, uh, and we just don't like saying electronic over and over again. And ebooks require an electronic device to read them on. And in case you've been living under a rock, there's been a plethora of electronic uh, readers for these things coming out lately. Well, think about it. I mean, we ever since 2009, the tail end of 2009, it seems like Borders and Barnes and Noble have both woken up and realized that the paper book industry is just going to dry up in the face of ebooks, or at least that's their their take on it. And so each one of them has come out and introduced different devices. Barnes and Noble's got the Nook, and Borders has got three devices uh, that they're introducing along with their ebook store. So even the brook the brick and mortar. Uh, places are starting to jump onto the ebook wagon. You know what I compare this to is when uh, MP3 and, and purchasing music online got really big. You know, I, as much as those were those of us that were getting MP3s through various methods, and legally were, for me, <laughs> I, I was in college. All right, man. <laughs> 
it was stupid. Um, but you know, uh, we we had devices to play MP3s on, but it really wasn't until things like the iPod put MP3 players into people's hands that really brought the electronic, you know, the the, the MP3s and the electronic uh, medium into you know everyday Joe that the sales and things took off. And I kind of feel like we're in the same spot with these ebook reader things. You know, there've been ebooks out, but until the readers, the hardware actually can you know comes out to the masses. The uh, the actual selling and material and stuff really hasn't really taken off, and I think we're kind of hitting that that early stages that kind of matches up with the uh, MP3 iPod days. Well, I was an early adopter in ebooks. I had a Palm device, and they had I believe it was called Peanut Press, and then they renamed it to God knows what, um, where you could load up .prc files onto your Palm device and be able to read books. And it was great if everything in the book was text. It was awful if you had any illustrations on there because the Palm device obviously was a 160 by 160 or a 320 by 320 pixel device or a little larger if you had a Sony device. And so now that we have larger screens and such, the ebook reading experience is becoming a lot nicer than what we had prior. I mean, and two, the e-ink versus LCDs. I mean, LCD screens... Uh, it's nice if you're in a very well-lit room to have an LCD screen. It's eyeball-ripping if you're in a dark room. You, here, you want to get a little taste of a Rick rant? I'm going to just go ahead and lay this out here right now. I, we just had this at Coffeehouse Code the other night. So obviously the big thing with the LCD is the um, the iPad. And everyone's like, ooh, an e-reader, and it's so great because it's got this big screen and color and you can do videos. Um, I'll repeat what I said on Wednesday. Uh, FYI, the iPad is not an e-reader. It's not. Oh, come on. It is a computer. I can <laughs> I can read books on my laptop. I can read them on my desktop. I can read them on, you know, my Android phone, my iPod phone. Those are not e-readers. I'm, you know, that's not a book replacement. And anyone who says that they can't tell the difference between e-ink and from an LCD screen um, is either blind or, or have not really used, the, used them both. I, I can't cannot put the whole iPad thing in the e-reader story. It's just not. Well, the big problem I have with e-ink uh, versus an LCD screen is that with e-ink, I don't seem like any of the light bulbs that I have in my house. When it comes time for nighty-night, there's nothing that will actually allow me to read an e-ink display. Like, I like to read PDFs on an e-ink display. I think PDFs are pretty cool, and I have a lot of those. And the problem with PDFs on some of these devices is that the typeface is incredibly small. I mean, we're talking almost microfiche. Well, there's your problem. That's the that's the first problem. But if you get enough illumination on it, it's actually not too bad. The problem is that you need to have, I don't know, 15,000 candle power in order to be able to see an e-ink display uh, in, in I, bed. I disagree. Now, I'm, okay, so here's – we're going to get into this here is like the formats of the various e-books. And if you're – you know, reading a PDF on a small reader, like we'll talk about the Kindle and and your Sony device, they, they are 505. Right. Yeah. They okay. They're they don't fit. They don't work right real well. Um, the fonts are too small by default. And so if you're trying to read tiny, tiny, tiny text, I mean, then you know what? That's that's just a broken use case. Um, I, I read books all the and time. And I'm, I'm I'll happily own that I am breaking the use case of this device. But on the same token. It's nice to be able to carry around a PDF file in a small portable device. It is. So I guess that kind of leads us into the different the different formats and the different devices. And so let's go off. Um, I own a Kindle too. 
Um, which I, is the Moby Pocket format. Uh, yeah, then we can get into the formats too, which is a, a, <laughs> another whole mess. Um, and, and so like you said, you had the Sony, what, PR505? PRS505. PRS. Um, what size screen is yours? I think mine's like a 7-inch or a 6-inch. I haven't measured it. It's about the same size as the Kindle. Okay. Uh, the Kindle 2 screen. All right. So uh, they have other devices out there with larger screens and things, actually ones with smaller screens, which um, I really don't know that I would. I think you're absolutely more. insane if you get the smaller <laughs> screen. Like but they that... have a 5-inch Sony screen, and, and I was looking at it because it was a little cheaper. But oh my God, if I if I am having trouble with the seven inch screen, I can imagine what kind of personal hell a five inch screen would be. Yeah, no, I I can't imagine. I mean, I guess I can't imagine, but I, I wouldn't want to deal with it. Um, what's great about these devices is that they are they're like a a, a soft cover you know book, a paperback. Um, they're a little bit, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, they're not as big as like, say like, you know, the full hardcover, you know, kind of book or whatever. They're about the size of a trade paperback. Yeah. I mean, so but, it yeah. works out pretty well, uh, as far as like size wise, how much text you can get on the page and, and all that kind of stuff. And what's great is if you're not using a PDF, you know, you have all these great tools, like the ability to set the font size. So the idea of like it having X number of pages doesn't really apply because as you adjust the font size, you basically get more info or less info on a page, and your page count changes. Um, so that's one of the great things about these things is that I, I, for instance, like my text smaller. People stare at my terminals and stuff at work all the time and go, you can read that? Um, <laughs> Maybe we should trade devices then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but even I, though, don't like a small this, this font being so small on like the PDF files. I've pretty much given up you know, practical PDF uses on my Kindle too, which is the big downside of it. Does yours allow the ability to zoom on uh, on PDFs that actually have OCR text? Yeah, I mean, you can zoom all okay. day long. You can zoom in on images. You can, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, the e-ink displays have their big flaw is that they have a slower refresh rate than like an LCD, right? They're not constantly running. They're not constantly getting powered. The and only they're currently time, not in color. Right, and they're not in color. But the only time they draw power is when you turn a page and it has to redraw the screen. That's the only time. It costs it no power to, to keep the display visible to you, which is awesome because, like, my Kindle, I recharge it maybe once a week. Um, yeah, if that. Right, if that. I was going to say, it depends on how much I'm reading, obviously. But, you know, uh, if I'm reading pretty good, it lasts a whole week without a problem. Um which, again, you know, the LCD, yes, the iPad has 10-hour battery life, yada, yada. But I'm sorry, it's nowhere near. It's not the same. I, I took mine on a whole vacation and left the charger at home, and I didn't care. Right. Um, and, and to be honest, the uh, the Sony PRS505 is very frugal in battery power as well. And I'm but, sure the newer ones are also very, very frugal. But, yeah, so, that, so I, I find for my Kindle... I love it for fiction, for fun reading, maybe some stuff like the occasional, um, like I read the, uh, oh shoot, no, I can't think of it, the 37 Signals book that just came out, re-something, rework. Well, I've also found it's really nice too for the O'Reilly books. They have uh, EPUB versions of the O'Reilly books and also Moba Pocket as well for the Kindle. Yeah, you're and, making me cry. And those are pretty nice. The The only problem that I have with them is with code listings because... The thing with an EPUB file is that it is basically an HTML. It's an XML file. It's sort of like if you took an OpenOffice file and took a look at the insides of an OpenOffice file after you unzipped it, an EPUB file looks very similar to that. It's all just XML text inside there. 
except for my Kindle because I don't get EPUB, which Amazon, if you can fix one one thing, one single thing, I would love EPUB because it it looks it it is translates. a standard. It works so much better than the Mobi format. It's like that is the one thing that Amazon did that I just don't understand. They basically took the worst format. It's like we could do either. You well, know, they bought the worst format. That's the problem. Ugh. You know, if you have a no. choice between Blu-ray and DVD, why would you start your business out of DVD at this point, right? It's just it's not. DVD. <laughs> oh, they are still around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the only problem with the EPUB format that I have found, though, is that if they do um, uh, any kind of a code block inside there, and this this seems to be a problem with the the O'Reilly books. I'm not sure if it's a problem with any of the other books because I I tend to usually find the uh, the PDF format and read that. But the code blocks don't wrap, and so you'll take a look at a at a code block, and it'll be off the screen. It's like, well, that helps me not. Yeah. No, and that's that that could be a problem. Um, obviously, you know, the nice things about an e-reader is you can actually like turn it sideways. You can change the orientation and things. I have had to do that before in order to see, you know, the rest of a line or something of like of a block like that. And I think it's generally because some of these formats will take a code block and actually turn it into an image. And the image is a set size. Right. When that, when that image goes off the side of the page, just like it would in HTML, you know, the image might run off. You don't really get a scroll bar to kind of scroll over and see the rest of the image. So. Well, and I'm pretty sure that the, another problem is that there really isn't a standard for how these things should be rendered. I mean, I think we're back yeah. in the good old days of HTML 1.0 where it's like, hey, you have a table. Do whatever the hell you want with that. I think that's really coming, though. I think with as as everyone's getting into this, you know, into the market, I mean, you've got it's not like this is a small time player, you know, anymore. You're not going to buy, you know, books from places that, you know, normal people haven't heard of. Like like we were saying earlier, you know, this is really the borders, the Amazons, the, you know, um, Barnes and Noble, um, you know, they're involved. This is Oprah's book club fodder. It is. And, you know, and if your stuff isn't, you know, I think the the process of getting books translated over to the electronic format is definitely going to be something that's going to quickly improve i would say in the next year or two without um, without any doubt yeah and it, it can only get better from here i would say <laughs> this is true i have had some very horrible experiences with some with some items um for instance i did buy a python essential reference i think on the kindle and I think I opened it once and not I have not since. I, I would think I bought the paper book afterwards and I keep that in my in my yeah. laptop bag. But the the only problem though is when you start using these stores, and this gets into that ugly word that everyone likes to talk about, which is DRM, digital rights management, for those of you who have fallen I don't know. Anyways, for for Robinson Crusoe, DRM basically means that you cannot use the file in any which way that you wish. And the nice thing about Adobe's DRM is that it is very effective. Uh, Adobe has gone through the trouble of actually using encryption as opposed to using some form of uh, other lockdown, which can be easily circumvented. So you use a key, and they send whatever file it is specifically for that particular key. And then you can, uh, depending on your license, transfer it over to an e-reader device or whatever. It's rather inconvenient for anyone who is not terribly uh, thrilled with having some publisher tell them what they can and cannot do with their medium. And I'm sure that you have this problem with the <laughs> Amazon Kindle because that's pretty much a DRM hotbed. 
Yeah, there's again, this reminds me exactly when music was first hitting the digital form in, in the mass market, right? Remember when everyone had, you know, you have your iTunes with the, their DRM and you can't play them on non uh, Apple approved players. You know, you had your your streaming, you know, your other online services. You know, remember the remember everyone remember SurePlay, you know, for sure. Yeah. It'll, for sure. It'll play for plays a, for sure a year, which, which became <laughs> plays for for another S word. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's one of those things that I'm crossing my fingers that, you know, that someone's going to look up and go, you know, this looks a lot like something else in history. And as I say, those that don't, you know, follow the history are doomed to repeat it. I mean, replace the word, you know, book for, you know, music. And uh, we have almost play for play what we had, you know, geez, what was that? Four or five years ago now? Probably more than that. Um, Yeah. Well, I had my my Rio uh, 500. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it also had some kind of a DRM in there where uh, you could copy a file over to there, and then it would not let you copy that file off of that device unless you, you know, sacrificed a chicken in the right way. <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, it's so with the Kindle specifically. You know, Amazon's got their own DRM on top of this Mobi format, and. Uh, so what that basically means is it's just almost like the uh, the iPods back in the day because uh, as long as I'm sitting here with my Kindle, I'm great. But if I want to go take that Mobi file onto a, a non-Kindle device, a, a device that will play Mobi files just fine or display them, um, I'm pretty much SOL. Or even better, if, if Amazon decides to pull what they did with the 1984 file, which uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the up and up on, on Kindle DRM, they did not – they had they sent out the file for 1984 George Orwell's 1984 book the problem is that there is still question on whether that file is in the public domain or whether that file is actually licensed in certain areas of the country in the world it is um, still under copyright and others it's not and Amazon I believe acted as though it was not and had to go into people's devices and remove the file that they had purchased. Okay, well, I, I kind of want to give them a little bit of a break on this because the way it actually went down is, you know, Amazon works with a lot of third parties. You know, how many times do you go to buy something and it's not sold from Amazon directly but from other partners? Jane, our music, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> the way <laughs> the way this book got into the Amazon store was from a third party who said, I would like to sell this book, right? And then it came to light that there were potential issues. And, and at that point, I mean, what's Amazon? I mean, they can't. They got to pull it, right? So they have, yes, they have the ability, and basically all these devices have the ability for, you know, the company to go go in and basically pull things out that you've bought from their store. Um, I believe the Nook has it. Obviously, the Sony, the Sony is an interesting one because, like, where do you where do you get your books for the Sony? Because you don't really have a direct store to hook up to. Well, there's there's stores. Um, Borders has partnered up with Kobo, and so they use the Adobe DRM. Uh, system in order to allow you to copy books from them to your device well that do they have the ability to revoke you then from that just like the amazon situation i don't know how they would handle that um because i mean if you don't connect your device up to a computer ever again they wouldn't be able to to pull it off so i don't know how they would be able to to revoke it yeah i guess that's true so i mean i so anyway, back to the original case. I mean, I, I kind of want to give Am- Amazon a pass because they're still a company. They still have to respect the laws. They still have to respect these things. While everyone, you know, it, it kind of got in through it, uh, an outside, you know, a mistake, and Amazon had to go in and correct it. 
But yes, in theory, the whole DRM situation and all this means that they, they can do things like you could buy a book and then they can go through and take it off your device. Well, um, that also gets into the uh, the ebook stores because the ebook store for uh, Kobo and for uh, Borders by extension are a pain in the ass to use. I'm sorry, but you have to have either a Windows or a Macintosh device in order to use it. So Linux, go do other things. Um, and so you have to activate your computer. You have to then activate the device that you have that you're going to copy this DRM file over to. And it becomes, instead of like the Amazon uh, Kindle, where you the device is pretty much set up for over the air. So the file can be then transferred over to your device without the computer involved. You don't necessarily feel the DRM working. No. With the Am with the yeah. with the Adobe stuff, you are aware that at all times you have to do something in order to make sure that you can use this file, which and is this painful. Is, this is why, as as much as I I hate the DRM stuff on the Kindle, um, I have to give Amazon credit. Is that I love the way you can get books. I mean, I just had jury duty last week, and so I go in. I'm taking my Kindle because you need some reading material. And I, I start reading through my Erlang book on there, and I realize, you know what, I, I really wish I could do this with my laptop. I can't – I don't want to read this right now. I want to read something for fun. I fired on up the uh, the wireless on there. I went searching for a book to buy, purchase. I bought it. I read half the book while I was stuck in, you know, jury duty waiting hell for, you know, the whole – you know, most of the day. And I didn't think twice about it because it was just so easy to go in and get the material. I was enjoying my book, and – I never had to worry about a computer hooked up, you know, hooking up to any kind of, you know, computer or anything, and it was just awesome. And then they've done a really good job with, you know, we talk about that, you know, getting your, you know, media on other devices. I don't notice the DRM as much because they have Kindle Reader applications for things like your Android phone. They have them for Windows and Mac. They don't have it on Linux, uh, which is obviously a downer. But they spread the Kindle uh, material out so that you don't feel the DRM as much because you don't have to activate all these devices. You don't have to worry about copying the material around. They've done a really good job for getting, you know, applications you can put on all your different devices so that you can get access to the things you've purchased, which is what, you know, what DRM is doing. DRM is meant to limit how you can use your material uh, that you've purchased and, and what you can do with it. And by spreading their net so wide, they make the DRM a little less painful. I, I know it's still there and I should be more against it, but I have a hard time drumming up the whole resistance. They're fur-lined handcuffs as opposed to gold handcuffs. Hey, and that's more comfy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and getting back to my Palm device, I mean, I have some books that I purchased uh, for the Palm that are essentially useless to me because they are encrypted. Uh, the way that Peanut Press used to do it is they used to use your credit card number uh, to encrypt it. So you would have to type in your credit card number into your Palm device and decrypt it. This which just is, gets worse and worse, man. I'm I'm crying over here, not just reading on a Palm device, but entering a credit card to read anything. Well, it makes sure that if you wanted to share the book, you'd share your credit card number too. I mean, if you felt comfortable doing that, go for it. Ooh. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's the thing is that the the restrictions – unfortunately make these devices less palatable for folks like myself and there are there are companies out there that do not sell drm protected material o'reilly a press um there's uh for fiction i've been checking out bain books b-a-e-n 
which has got DRM-free EPUB books. They also sell uh, Mobi and PDF and HTML and text. I mean, they're they're really cool about making sure that you have access to the format. They're pretty uh, reasonably priced. So there are booksellers that are out there. The problem is that the ones that most of your major booksellers that are out there will sell through one of these bookstores and they are loaded to the gills with DRM. And they'll, they'll say, you know, it's got an EPUB format. Well, the problem is that the EPUB format has got the encryption on it and uses the Adobe DRM to make sure that you put it on only blessed devices that are out there. You know, the real problem is that you have file formats, but there can be different DRM, uh, DRM methods applied to the same file format. So just because your device says, I read EPUB, and then you go find an EPUB book doesn't mean your device will read it because your your device will like uh, for instance I know the Nook I think does EPUB but it only does it with the Adobe DRM and if it's any other DRM on top of EPUB you're SOL you know right. like, the, like the Nook the Nook does Mobi format but it doesn't do Mobi format with the uh, Am Amazon Kindle DRM so right it go, uses you know, its own DRM you're like ooh. Amazon's got, you know, Mobi. Nook has Mobi. I can get a Nook and read both EPUB and Mobi. Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> so to, to sum up, as, long, as soon as these publishers realize, like the music industry, that putting copy protection on this stuff, trying to lock these files down so that people can't use it, as soon as they realize that that is a losing game and that the only, the only result of this game is pain and anguish for everyone involved, then it'll be a much happier place, and then we can start worrying about the technical specifications like e-ink and LCD screens and such. Yeah, no, the devices are getting a lot, lot better, and and I love the e-ink display. Uh, we just had a friend bring in one of the new uh, Kindle DXs, which is the larger format uh, device. Oh, talk about lust. Talk oh, man, <laughs> I thought my, my e-ink screen was good. I saw his, and I wanted to rip it out of his e-reader and put it in mine. Um it was it was just a dramatic you know improvement on the display. Well, it's also a nine-inch uh, display, so reading PDFs on there has got to be a lot nicer than reading them on the seven-inch display. So oh yeah, definitely. So definitely. Amazon, get on get on putting that price down, and remove yeah. the DRM and make us all happy and support EPUB. It's very very pricey. There's a list of demands. Get to it. <laughs> Listen to man. So I just wanted to go through where we get our reading material. So sure. obviously with a Kindle, I go through and I get them from Amazon. I've also gotten from O'Reilly directly. Um, they'll actually get let you download in PDF, Mobi, and EPUB formats when you buy a book electronically through them. And right. then the third place I've done is I actually grabbed some stuff from the Google Books uh, site where they have old things that are out of um, copyright um, on there. And so I've, I've loaded up some stuff like some old um, – Edgar Allan Poe and stuff like that, just so I can seem well balanced on my e-reader. Um, where where else can you think of? We talked about. Um... Well, I talked about Bain Books, B A E N Books or B A E N dot com. Uh, that's good for a lot of science fiction. Um, also, the Gutenberg Project is really good for getting a lot of uh, public domain books and variety of formats. I mean, you can get HTML, you can get Mobi, EPUB, PDF format. I think they have PDF format. Uh, maybe they don't. Um, other places uh, that support stuff. I'm a, I'm into RPG games, so I like going to e23.sjgames.com for Steve Jackson games. They have unprotected DRM-free PDF files, which is really cool. Uh, they work very well on 
lovely devices like the Sony PRS 505 and the Kindle. So there's a lot of places to get your material. I guess that's the thing is that, you know, um, there's definitely a lot of places to get books from. Um, in the end of the day, I, I love my Kindle. I wouldn't return it for anything. Um, I do. You have to recognize its limitations. For instance, I still do buy some of my code books. So, um, you know, um, in, in actual paper form because it's easier to read through and flip through. But then there are some that I still do get, you know, on electronic. If I think I'm just going to kind of read through them more rather than thumb through them back and forth. Um, anything fiction-wise, I I get on on the Kindle because it's just it's so nice to read. It's so light, and, you know, and and you can pack 20 books. You know, I went to Virginia the other you know last month or whatever. It, I just threw that in there. I said I don't have to carry any other books with me. I'll just take the Kindle. Are you loving yours as much or? It's it's okay. Um, the only thing that I really don't like about my Sony is that. I have I because I run Linux pretty much exclusively. I don't have a bookstore that I can get a lot of stuff from that isn't somewhere like Bain Books. So if I wanted to read something by Charlie Strauss, uh, who publishes through Tor or Ace, uh, I have to go to Kobo or something like that in order to get a book. So that's not happening anytime soon. So the DRM is really a big turnoff for me. Yeah, I guess the uh, the devices without a store, without a hooked in store, um, can be a little bit more work. It sounds without- like. Without an over-the-air hooked-in store. Yeah, definitely. So I think that'll uh, do us up for eBooks. Um, let us know what devices you guys are using, where you're getting your material from, and uh, you know, are you happy with your device or not? I, I think a lot of people are still on the fence, and uh, I'm, I've been trying to tell people, you know, it's not as scary as it seems. It's not where we want it to be, but uh, we're hoping it'll get there. So, books this week, since we're going to keep doing it until we get the vote in. Um, I picked up Freedom, which was a sequel to the Damon book I talked about late, uh, you know, last time. Yeah, um, was it was good. It, it, I, I like the finality of the whole thing. You know, if I, you know, I, when I got to the end of Damon and I didn't realize there was a sequel, I was like, uh, there's some more left here, guys. Um, it helped out with that. And so it's very interesting. I definitely recommend it as reading uh, – we put some interesting thoughts in your head about as far as the dependency on technology and, and how easy it is for people to really foobar things up. Um, cause a lot of it's pretty practical. Uh, aside from that, I just, I kind of been poking through the Erlang book a little bit here and there, but I've not done as much, uh, technical reading as I should have uh, in the past couple weeks. Yeah. I haven't done a whole lot of, uh, a reading on this side, but I will recommend since we mentioned Charlie Strauss and, and since it is available in an EPUB and, Online, actually, it's in, it's a Creative Commons book. Uh, Accelerando by Charlie Strauss is an awesome book. It goes through uh, several several generations of the same family. Uh, talks about transhumanism. Uh, it is definitely one for the techno geeks out there that think, um, you know, that Wired magazine is awesome and cool and such. Although I don't think Wired magazine is, is awesome and cool and such, but you get the point. Anyways, it's. Uh, it's. I would say it's a, it's a very good book. It's definitely worth checking out. You can go to if you go to accelerando.org, uh, you'll you'll find the English edition, UK edition, um, as well as a little biography of Charlie Strauss and some of his work. Uh, he's definitely one of my favorite science fiction authors. 
I don't read a whole lot of science fiction to begin with, but he's definitely one that feels the most comfortable for me. Um, and he seems to write about really good stuff and stuff that uh, is a lot more technical and of a technical bent. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and close things up because I'm sure we've gone a little bit long with our, our lovely discussion of uh, e-readers and um, let's just close things off here. Uh <laughs> It's Let's late. Stand on ceremony. This, this is this is past my bedtime, man. It's been a rough day. Um, so with that, uh, here's what goes episode three, uh, localcast.net. So thanks for listening. I'm Rick Harding. I'm Craig Maloney. See you later.